0: Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kimboo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here Around the Writer's Table.
1: Hello, listeners. It's wonderful to have you back with us. I am Gina Hogan Edwards. Welcome Around the Writer's Table. I'm here with my co-hosts, Kim York and Melody A. Scout. Let's do a little bit of introduction before we dive into our topic for today. I am a, an author, an, an editor, a creativity coach, and I host writing retreats for women on the beaches of St. George Island in Florida. And I have with me, as I said, my two buddies. I love these conversations that we get to have with <laughs> each other several months And
2: so let's pass it off to you first. Melody, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Melody, a scout, and I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through Plant Spirit Medicine and my book, Soul of the Seasons.
3: Thank you, Melody and Kimbu. Ah, yeah. Hey, y'all. It's Kimbu, Kimbu York. I am an author and a former project manager. I help writers and solopreneurs find time, energy, and motivation to create including their own writing and their businesses and lots of other things in life. So that is me and I'm still nursing my coffee. Y'all. So
1: I'm with you. That's as, that's as good as you
2: <laughs>
1: so in our last episode, ladies, we spoke about uh, one of the stages or phases of the creative quest that we call assessing and acknowledging. And in a nutshell, that is looking at not only a specific piece of our creative work, but looking at ourselves and our writing life as a whole. And just looking at, you know, where are we? where What do we still have to learn? what Where do we still want to go? And how far have we come? You know, what do, what do we have behind us that has led us to where we are right now? So we talk about each of these phases of the creativity quest um, and relate them after each episode where we do a deep dive into the phase itself, relate them to the seasons and the seasons of our lives, which is the topic of Melody's book, Soul of the Seasons. And so we're going to be spending this episode revisiting the topic of assessing and acknowledging and how it relates to the seasons. So, Melody, I'm going to let you take
2: it from there. Thanks, Gina. So we spoke a little bit earlier about maybe the seasons of summer, but uh, because there's a lot of uh, reflection and assessment of our work uh, as an ongoing process during the summertime, which is very productive. But really, this assessing and acknowledging topic that we're talking about in the creative cycle lands squarely into the season of fall. And we're going to list in, uh, on the uh, podcast uh, notes uh, which episodes you can go back to to re-listen or listen for the first time about the season of fall. And there's another one on critiquing that we had. It was really good. And this season is the, is the time of year in our inner cycle in our inner landscapes, where things start to quiet down. We've done all the productivity, we've done a lot of the work, we've made our drafts or revisions. Now is the time that we assess what we have done. We take a, a, a look, a discerning look, and with precision, we assess what is of a value, the most value in what we've created and within ourselves, and also with precision, then we decide what we're going to release. And this requires, as we talked about in depth in our previous episode, rigorous self-honesty. And also included in this season is the emotion, the core emotion of grief which is a natural result of letting something go that is of value to you. Even when we go through our revisions and we know it's time, we can't just keep every single word that we have written, although we may often want to. Uh, Every single word was hard won and feels precious to us. We can't possibly keep them all. And make our work the finished product, the result that we want it to be. So in our lives, the same is true. And usually this is a result of a loss in our lives that we take this harsh inner, what can feel harsh, certainly inner assessment of ourselves. So the the organ systems within the body in Chinese medicine that this is associated with this season is lungs, that is breathing in, receiving divine inspiration, and the colon, letting a go of those things that no longer serve us. And the letting go is super important. We're going to talk about that more, letting go. Uh, and why that's of value to us in this part of the process, because without that, we can't You can't receive anything new into your life if you've hung on to every single thing from the past. And this dovetails wonderfully into the assessing and acknowledging part of the creative cycle that Gina talked about in episode 26. So I'd like to go uh, around our circle and (laughs) I would love your feedback. Uh, let's start with you, Kimbu. Why is healthy assessment important to you personally and to your work? Ooh, such a good question.
3: Such a good question. I think, well, th- its importance is pretty obvious. Like you have to know where you are to to get an idea, even if you have a goal a big goal, a small goal, you have to know where you are in, in order to set the steps on getting to the next stage. And I guess that's the project manager in me talking, like, I just like, yeah, you got to know where you are, you got to make a list, you got to have a checklist. Like, that's really my, 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 my way of approaching most things in life. Like, if you just have a checklist, everything will be fine. But <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, uh, especially when it comes to creativity, nothing's really that simple. So when I talk about healthy self-assessment, I did mention uh, in the previous episode that, you know, for me, therapy did a lot along those lines. And I, I know people have, I, I don't want to sell therapy as a fix-all. It does work for some people. It doesn't work for other people, whatever your your comfort level is with that. But for me, it helped me get an objective Opinion about what was going on in my life because one of the things, certainly with my anxiety issues, uh, and you talked a little bit about this in the last episode as well, uh, Melody about you know getting caught in the loop of assessing, like just just really you know just assessing and assessing and assessing and assessing and and never getting out of that because of insecurities and fears and being able to see that I'm in that loop not even see a solution out of it, just be able to see that I'm in that loop is has been the most important growth process for me. It's related to acknowledging, but it's really self-awareness. It's saying, oh yeah, you're you're kind of in a loop. Oh, you're being perfectionist. Oh, you're being, uh, you know, you're seeing being self-defeatist and dragging yourself down. May not give me the answer to how to change that behavior right away, but at least knowing that that's what I'm doing and being able to see it objectively, even though uh, it's my own behavior, kind of like what we were talking about with self coaching, like you have to be able to step back and really look at yourself a little bit. And getting those skills has helped me as a person, obviously, but as a writer, because it takes me out of uh, the highs and the lows. I mean, I. I Gina, I'm sure you're familiar with this with writers that you've worked with is that, you know, there's the the high of being creative, and then there's a low of thinking that what you've created is terrible and awful. And mm-hmm. that that's going mm-hmm. be its own right cycle. Um, you know, dirty cycle. So, yeah, I know, that's kind of a rambling answer. But I think that's really where it's at for me is having had to learn those skills, which took a long time for me Um wasn't easy, but learning that skill of self coaching in the sense of being objective about where I actually am, that assessing
0: mm-hmm. where
3: my story is, where I am as a writer, where I am as a person. And then from there, understanding what the problem is and being able to work my way out of it.
2: Mm. Nice. Gina.
1: I will get to your question, but there's something that I want to touch on before I do because you brought up something really important, Melody, that I want to make uh, a little bit more clear to the, to the listeners. So we're talking about this creativity quest in terms of these 10 stages that I've seen writers and myself go through and we're equating it or seeing where it parallels with the, with the seasons of our inner landscape. And you brought up the idea of releasing and letting go and how vital that is as part of the assessing stage. And in the creativity quest, the cycle that I've created, releasing has its own separate standing. You know, Mm -hmm. I identify it as its own separate stage. And this is one of the things that makes it a little challenging to kind of put language around the creativity quest because we can actually be in several phases or stages at the same time. And so mm-hmm. while we're doing the assessing and acknowledging and we're deep in that stage, we may also be doing the releasing. Um, so I just wanted to, to touch on that so that um, the listeners could follow along with where we are in terms of comparing these two sort of uh, templates for living the creative life. So to your question, (laughs) why is healthy assessment (laughs) important to our work? Um, Well, it's obviously, it's um, the the most obvious answer to that is that it's important to our work in terms of helping us um, not only improve individual pieces, but, you know, just improve overall. Uh, Where it gets challenging for me is that loop of assessing that both of y'all were talking about is I get stuck in the idea of perfectionism. And so Mm -hmm. I, I just kind of keep on recycling, you know, through that over and over and over again. And then sometimes what keeps me, what won't let me out of this phase is my imposter syndrome, you know, and those two things, the perfectionism and imposter syndrome are definitely related to one another. And so you know, I kind of see the season as practice for me to learn how to get beyond that idea that someone is going to call me out as a fake <laughs> and to get beyond that churning of the perfectionism. And I've had multiple reminders lately in various aspects of my life, that I need to treat myself as I would treat my BFF,
0: mm-hmm. uh, and I
1: think that that becomes really critical at this stage or this season. Is you know, reminding myself about being compassionate with myself, being kind to myself, and and even using the language with myself that I would use with a really good friend. And I think that those are things that can help us, um, move forward that can help us, you know, navigate through some of the more challenging parts of assessing where we are and being honest with ourselves, um, and acknowledging, you know, what is it that, that we still need to work on and, and, being sure that we place some value on the things that we've done to get where we are.
2: Hmm. Yes. That's, I could just say ditto to that for my own (laughs) life as well. Uh, I actually like, and can be pretty good at um, assessing. Yeah. I had a, the teenage son of a friend I was over for dinner and we happened to be talking about, I, we were doing some very good assessment of someone else who was not in the room. <laughs> and the son said, and the son said, as children will often do, wow, you guys sound like you're really judging this person. Ooh, from the mouths of
3: babes. Ooh. <laughs> and
2: I said, "I said, but we're so good at it. <laughs> yeah uh but hey, not everyone including ourselves need to be judged all the time and i do find it useful because it helps me um set or reset my sights on on what it, where it is i want to go Was that the Cheshire cat that said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else.
3: Mm.
2: So if you are not taking regular assessment of yourself in your work, um, you may not end up with what you have intended or what your desires were, what your dreams were. And so that part is really important to me. And um, it, it, it brought up as well. The acknowledgement part of this. And I'd like us to go around again and talk about how acknowledgement, not only just acknowledgement of your work, but acknowledgement of yourself and your value. Um, Part of the season of fall is valuing, valuing who we are, what we do, what are our abilities and talents and owning that. So let's go back to Kimbu and what are your challenges and also what are the rewards of acknowledging, self-acknowledgement especially? I
3: choke a lot that that I'm a, a throwaway writer. I write something and then I throw it out the window and wherever it lands it will land. So like I don't really have any problems putting it out into the world. And one of the reasons that that's so easy for me is because I have, ironically, a lot of trouble acknowledging the successes I've had. And my friend Kim, I've talked about her before, Kim McShane, she and I joke a lot about the fact that once we've accomplished something, no matter how difficult it may have seemed prior to our accomplishing it, and no matter what other people may tell us about having done that thing, to us, it just seems obvious that that is easy to do, because we did it. There are so many levels of self-depreciation and lack of acknowledgement in that kind of statement. Do you discount yourself much? No. Discount? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I, <laughs> I, I, felt it the other time. Where was it? Uh, services, and uh, tell you know I'm I'm part of a new congregation, and so. You know, talking to people who don't really know me, and I tell them I'm an author, and they're like, Oh, like what do you do? And I'm like, Well, I write books. And they're like, Well, have you written any books? And of course the answer is yes, because as I said, I just write books and I just throw them out into the world. But then they get this kind of starry, glassy look on their face, and they're like, Wow, that's just amazing. I could never do that. And I'm like, if I could do it, anybody can do it, which may be true. Maybe not true, but the point is, is that I'm just floored by the idea that anybody thinks anything I do could be special or unique or impressive at any level. So the discounting and the acknowledging of the work that I've put into something, I've literally been writing since I was old enough to start reading. And uh, for me, that was six. And that's lifetime of writing I may not be the most gifted, the most skilled writer on earth. You know, we have many people that fit that model, but I'm not too bad. And I've been at it a long time. So why don't I acknowledge that? Why don't I accept that? Um, You know, I think it's the opposite between somebody who just eats all the harvest versus somebody who like cans the harvest and puts things up for later. And, you know, I'm just eating it and what I don't eat, I'm just throwing out the door because I don't respect it. And that's problematic for me. Uh, I don't have a solution by the way. This is a, this is a, a monologue that's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that does, when you were talking, that's what, that's what came to mind about acknowledging is, yeah, I can acknowledge that I've been a writer. You just heard me say it's that I've been a writer all my life since I was a very young child, but can I acknowledge that anything I do is worthy um, is valuable is special is unique is uniquely mine. that that's a horse of a different color
1: mm.
3: well that monologue I, did go somewhere
1: because absolutely yeah, you did. know I think you just exponentially <laughs> uh, increased your self-awareness I mean I know that this is something that you've you have talked about before but mm-hmm. I think just putting the language around it and like yeah. making it this very defined thing By being able to talk about it you've now got it in a place that you can look it in the face and do something about it
3: darn it why did i open my mouth now i've got work (laughs) i gotta do some work now what that was not in the agreement (laughs) (laughs) i thought while we're here (laughs) (laughs) i'm here to drink coffee
2: and know things i don't know (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and you do well at both of those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Gina, what about acknowledgement uh, is challenging and rewarding for you? This brings to mind an uh, article that I recently wrote on Substack that I
1: called Recalibration. And I see how this is this mm-hmm. assessing and acknowledging and the season of fall to me feels sort of like An opportunity to recalibrate, you know, to to check where we are um, and to make sure that we're in alignment with all of the things that we want to be, um, you know, following along with. I think it's really easy for all of us to remember the bad. So, you know, like when we share a piece of writing or you know, do anything in our lives and get feedback on it, we might have 10 people talk about how fabulous that it was and how wonderful we are. But if there's one person that says something negative, then we've got that tendency to remember that one person above the 10.
3: Mm -hmm. And so so
1: I think that's one reason that this this phase, this stage in our life, this season in our life can be so challenging for us is because we put so much um, weight, emphasis, and importance on that negative thing, thinking that somehow it means more than the good things do. And so that's been something that I've tried to be really aware of. And in my efforts to Assess and acknowledge and recalibrate and realign, I have noticed that when I am kind and honest with myself about that process and get to the uh, end result, we'll say, like being able to reflect back on what I've done, that I can tell That I'm in a good place when I pay attention to how I feel in my body, because there is this, there is Uh this, like, I don't know how to describe it other than, than alignment. It just feels like I'm in the right place. I may certainly still have a ways to go, uh, you know, in terms of like doing things better, (laughs) whether that's writing or other things in my life, but I feel like when I am in alignment with my beliefs and with my intentions and with what I sort of stand for in the world, especially when it comes to my writing, that I have this very settled comfort in my body.
2: Mm -hmm. And I've learned to pay more attention to that. Wow. That is a lot to be thankful for. Honestly, and I understand that. And one of the things that I receive personally from acknowledging uh, my value in myself and my work is this state of gratitude for what I have, what I've created, what I've been giving, how I've been supported through the process. And it grounds me in that self knowing. Um, of that about myself, the value of myself. And it, it brought me around to something you, you said earlier, Gina, you know, about the imposter syndrome. Somebody's going to call me out and say, you're an imposter. Well, you know what? That very well might happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is, world is full of a lot of unkind people. <laughs> and someone might say that to you, but when we're grounded in this, acknowledgement of our own value and and the confidence in our work what we know about ourselves yeah that stuff stings that shit's going to sting when we hear it but it doesn't throw us so far off course right we are easily able to regroup and go yeah okay that is one opinion Mm -hmm. you know it's
3: interesting that we're talking about how the body fits into this because when in, in times when I've been less certain about myself, that kind of criticism, I can feel that. Like it feels mm-hmm. like a gut punch. You know, there's a reason that we say, oh, that was a gut punch, because you can feel it in your body. And I think now that we're talking about it, I think one of the things that I'm going to start looking for is my physical reaction to not just criticism by others, but criticism of myself. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm giving myself that same feeling that I feel when other people say something bad, then I am not in that place that you were talking about, Gina, of feeling balanced, of feeling very, you know, set on your feet. And, you know, like the like the Tai Chi, where your your energy is flowing into the ground and come up from the ground and cycling, and you're just very solid. And when you're gut punched, you're falling over and
0: mm-hmm. it feels
3: painful. And so I don't know. That was just the insight I was having as you guys were talking because I was thinking about what that kind of criticism feels like in my body. And that is something I need to keep in mind.
1: I have a question for you. Mm. Do you think that that feeling in your body when you either receive the feedback from external sources or from yourself feels different when you're able to recognize that that feedback is true versus it being harsh criticism that isn't true?
2: That's a very good question indeed. Or harsh criticism that is true. Mm -hmm.
3: That's that's also a thing. Um, I'm going to have to pay attention to that. I think my instinctual answer is that when it's true, or I feel like there's a valid reason for that, I can acknowledge where they're coming from with that particular opinion it doesn't hurt it it, me it may make me feel uncomfortable because nobody likes criticism right like it's just like ick Mm -hmm. but uh it doesn't hurt but when I'm Mm -hmm. unstable and I'm feeling uncertain and I'm feeling um unbalanced in my body then it physically hurts
2: or hungry angry lonely or tired
3: right yeah that, that as <laughs> not, well like not know. good times to not good
2: <laughs> times to receive criticism just yeah. saying even if yeah. it was well intended well and i think that both
1: of those whether it's you know something that is thrown at me is true or something is thrown at me that is not true i think they can both feel like gut punches But it's the microsecond after I feel the gut punch that tells me Hmm. whether it's true or not. Because if it is true, and I'm being honest with myself about that, that gut punch sort of transforms into, um, don't know the word for it, but it transforms into something that might still sting, but it doesn't hold the same force. That the yeah. other kind of gut punched us. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and to be honest, you know, the, the element of the season of fall is metal. And the reason it's metal is because metal is used with precision to cut away all that is not of value. When something is cut away, it does not feel good. That's why criticism often does not feel good. When we can give some balanced self-assessment, and sometimes it takes more than that microsecond. If I'm not in a good space, it may take a week Mm -hmm. or more to get some perspective on it. Um, I I have long ago had a tendency to go over the conversation and assess. Is there any part of this that can be true about me Do I need to change something in my life? Sometimes I do that to excess. But I think it's a good review Mm -hmm. for me. It's like, is there some element of truth about that? And is there anything in me that needs changing or adjusting as a result of that? And sometimes the cutting away, the loss, the things is significant. Relationship, death of a loved one, death of a beloved kitty, a beloved pet. That is a, that is a real gut punch. And it is often the time that sometimes we may either gather everything around us and try to hang on to everything for fear of losing more, or we let go of everything. um, And we forget to hold on to those things that are precious to us. So, Depending on your level of reaction and what you happen to be going through at the time, I would say give yourself plenty of time to receive that criticism and see if it applies to you.
3: Mm.
2: Is it mm. really of value? And 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 honest on that, like yeah, I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> um, in Kimbu, you also brought up another really important aspect about the. Harsh criticism. The criticism without compassion or kindness is as uh, much an imbalance as either over criticism or none at all. Well, I know in myself, if something is just thrown at me out of uh, anger or retaliation, I want to reject all of it mm-hmm. and say that you're natural. just, yeah, you're just, that's your deal you're having a hissy fit. It's got nothing to do with me. And so I will fail to take in anything that might be of a value with that. It's not saying we have to accept abusive uh, behavior to find some truth in ourselves. That is not at all what I'm saying. Not everyone has learned how to be kind mm-hmm. in their assessments. And maybe a conversation later on how delivering hard information We could do a whole podcast about that, how to deliver hard information, you know, in a way that doesn't shred somebody's, you know, soul in the deliverance of it.
3: I actually just went through that because I'm not an editor, unlike Gina, uh, but I am doing sort of a beta reader for a friend of mine who's writing a book. And she sent me the book. And it's great. It's wonderful. I can't wait until she's at the point where she's um, releasing it because the characters are amazing. The setting, it's a solar punk romance novel. It's just delightful. And the pacing was completely off. The thing was, she was very open to criticism. It was my own fears of being harsh or being mean or being critical that was throwing me off on Gishy. Like she literally had to drag it out of me. And uh, so I apologize to to her for that. But um, But yeah, you know, I think there's... Has to be willingness on both sides, I guess, is what I'm getting at, and so it's easy to get misaligned there.
2: I don't know. So and and being being as gentle with yourself as you would have been with a friend, mm. Mm. a friend that's yes. in a vulnerable position. Because yeah. if someone is coming to you with their work, they are putting themselves in a vulnerable position. Yeah, that's very true. Here's my right. baby. <laughs> How do you like my baby? It sucks.
3: <laughs> ah, that's not the right
2: response. <laughs> <laughs> a real cute baby. Got a few boogies there on the nose. Need oh, a little cleanup. Oh, you gosh. Know. You could but... tell which
3: one of us was the mother. Was like, like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, man, this is yeah, such so we a great can, we conversation. We could go on for another hour. Like, we, we should. Really
1: should but. I want to share one more quick light bulb moment as, oh, you okay. know, as I've been listening to you all and thinking about acknowledgement and and this whole stage of assessing and acknowledging. I realized that this has not been, when it comes to my craft, you know, the craft of writing has not been a particularly challenging stage for me. And I think that it's because, as my dad likes to say, I'm a lifelong learner. It's like I love to learn new things. Mm-hmm. And so it is not daunting to me to recognize that I still have things to learn. I just like to dive in and learn them. Um, so I just I I had never really thought about it in terms of why this particular stage you know, I'm not applying this to every aspect of my life by any means in terms of it being easy. But when it comes to my craft in particular, I think that mm-hmm. this, this stage or this phase has been n- not as challenging for me because of that aspect of, of loving to learn
2: so much. That
3: mm-hmm. makes total sense. Yeah, it does. That makes- and
2: that's a good point because I find that in myself. I actually love critique groups, you know, and I'm not particularly thin-skinned about my work. However, I have been, uh, and we—I t- talked about this in earlier episodes where I gave it to somebody critique too early in the game. Yeah, and I really wasn't looking for critiquing right then. I was looking for a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like that's what you need, this is more about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Know what it is you need when you go to someone else which and which
3: leads into acknowledging where you're at in your craft yeah, and, not, yeah. and assessing what you really need at that point so it all Absol- back around.
2: absolutely and then go to someone who you know can deliver that mm-hmm. has what the capacity trust. to deliver that oh i love this subject <laughs> <laughs> Which subject? We love every subject. All of them. That's it's true. <laughs> this is my favorite.
1: No, this one's my favorite. But you know favorite. what? We have so many more episodes that we can do. We get to keep talking. Isn't that
2: fabulous? It <laughs> that is. Fabulous. Gina, is what's fabulous. what's the next uh part of the creative side? Yeah, so we're really going back to the quest. What do we do? Yeah.
1: Doing? So the next uh phase or stage in the creativity quest is taking ownership.
3: And that's all I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to say.
1: You've got to tune in.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's going to be episode twenty-seven for everybody who's playing along. Uh, also, at this point in time, just want to let everybody know that our podcasts are slowly becoming available on YouTube and YouTube podcasts We have it on all other platforms. We did not have it previously on that one, so I am slowly uploading our backlog, um, our back catalog there. So if you uh, prefer that platform, then fortunately for you, we'll be there soon. And I'm trying to get all the backlog up uploaded as quickly as possible. As always, you can find the transcripts for this episode uh, on our website for the episode, the um, episode webpage for for this on our website, which also has any downloads that we've talked about. Resource links will be available there. And as Melody is always reminding us, because I forget. A comment section. So if you want to have a leave a comment for us, whether it's just to let us know what you think, uh, let us know any insights that you have or topics that you would like to have us talk about in the future, please. And that Remember. web address is yeah, right. I knew I was gonna forget something. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fortunately, the web address is very simple. It's writer's table. .com and that is all one word no dashes around the writer's table.com and you can find all of our episodes there as well as on major streaming platforms like Spotify and Google Podcasts and everywhere Apple. else Apple thank you that's what i always forget yes Apple so if you do listen on those platforms please leave us a thumbs up or a heart or like whatever the heck a uh, review if you can do that as well it helps us get the word out about our show. So we will see you next time in episode 27. And I think I've finished my coffee. So I guess that means we're done. Uh-huh.
2: Bye listeners. <laughs> Thank you. you. Bye. Thank Bye. you for sharing your precious time with us. Yes, definitely. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us Around the Writer's Table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundthewriterstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at AroundTheWriterstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.